Checkup Podcast. My name is John. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ that struggles with drugs, alcohol, pride, and control. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the CR Checkup Podcast. I'm so excited to have each and every one of you here with us today. My hope is that I got a chance to see you either on Monday night at our Goodyear campus or on Wednesday night at our Buckeye campus. But regardless of whether you come to our meeting or you don't, or you simply missed, or you live in a different state or a different country, hey, we are so excited that you're joining in. We love you so much. We hope that you can continue in the conversation that we had in person at both of our meetings. And tonight, today, I'm so excited to have a conversation with a really, really good friend of mine, a guy who has been in the program basically since we started it here at Palm Valley Church. And uh, he shared both at our Buckeye campus and at our Goodyear campus, and I'm so excited to have this conversation and for you guys to go ahead and get a chance to meet him. So he's here with me. Would you go ahead and uh, introduce yourself? Hello, I'm Eric. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ who struggles with drugs, alcohol, and everything else. Eric, thank you so much for making the time to be here, man. <laughs> no problem. No problem. I'm Pleasure. Ex- I'm excited, man. This is this is kind of a long time coming, right? I mean... We, we, we've been uh, kind of working together for quite a while, and, and God's just done an amazing, amazing work in your life, and I just, I'm confident that He is nowhere near being done with you or, or your family, uh, but man, I, I'm excited. I think, again, it, it's, it's about time that we're having this conversation. For sure, it's a long time coming. You know, every once in a while, I need that little, little push to engage me, get the gears turning, <laughs> so it's good. We are alike in that way, my friend. <laughs> so Eric uh, came to, to our, our group several years ago and just uh, absolutely blossomed, man. I mean, it was, it was so incredible to see you come in and, and to just uh, take, take the program serious and start working it and started volunteering and then actually ended up making the shift with us out into Buckeye and helping us get that going and is still out there just serving and uh, just amazing to see uh, to see you and my wife and I just absolutely love you and your whole family and it's just it's amazing to see uh, what God has done and is doing in your life and so um I just would love for the people who don't have the pleasure of knowing you or have ever met you or didn't get a chance to hear you uh, share your testimony, uh, would you just share with us a little bit what brought you into the program and kind of what that looked like, how you've been working through it, and just kind of bring everybody into uh, you know what what your your life has been like before and uh, during and and in group. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know. Uh, addiction brought me into the program. Um, you know, unfortunately I had to lose my job to get that little push. Like I say, sometimes I need, um, so, you know, I lost my job, um, you know, coming into the program, you know, opened me up to see the wounds that are festering from years previous from deaths from, you know, my grandfather, my dad. Um, and then, you know, addiction continuing throughout my life pretty much from a young teenager to you know my mid early to mid 30s you know basically yeah. has all been an addiction issue and then you know getting married having kids um and battling that losing my job with my kids and my wife and um I was fortunate enough to have my sister and brother-in-law that invited me to Palm Valley Church when all this was kind of transpiring um, and I was at my lowest and 
during that Sunday, the pastors were handing out flyers for celebrate recovery, which, <laughs> you know, wouldn't you know it? The man upstairs has a plan. So mm. he, sometimes he forces you to listen. So, yeah. uh, brought me into CR. It was open with welcome or open arms and hugs and smiles. And, you know, I just felt at home, you know, yeah. since then, you know, I was able to kind of get my addiction problem, um, identified and and kind of learn the different flaws and what 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 ignites them and that kind of stuff and it's also opened me up to learning more about myself learning about mm. god learning about jesus um it's just been a great benefit all around you know the blessings that come once you start serving and following him and reading his word it's it's un unbelievable you know yeah. it's by his grace and mercy that it's all possible that's for sure amen man yeah and it's just surreal sitting here talking to you. I mean, it's it's a wonderful, uh, just it's it's God's grace, God's mercy. Um, you know, we talk all the time about you know statistically speaking, what are the odds of those of us who struggle with drugs and alcohol actually surviving for one, but then making it through and actually leading sober lives and. You know, both of us were at the mercy of those statistics, and by the grace of God, He's, he's saved our lives, and and also just put us to use, you know, in His kingdom, and allowing Him to use us to help other people. And it's just a, it's it's hard sometimes being in this ministry and and seeing people come in and out, and you grow close to those people, and you love them, and you want them to stick around. And you know, I I'm just so grateful to God that you know you're one of those people that uh, we've been able to see, you know, just blossom man and and uh, i just <laughs> sitting here thinking about that man i just like man it's it's such a beautiful thing but so kind of backing up a little bit and and uh you know and you sharing your testimony and you, sh you touched on it a little bit but you really did experience a lot of uh, of loss and death as as a young kid and and even growing up i mean you you've you've gone through a lot with that and and that's tough, man. I mean, it doesn't matter, you know, how much you've experienced it or any death is one of those things that it's just hard. Like it's just a difficult thing to deal with. And you had talked about how early on when you had experienced some of those losses, um, namely being kind of like your dad and, and you starting to feel like you had to become a man. And I think that that is a thread throughout a lot of your story that a lot of things kind of come back to that kind of being a man because you had, you had shared even about what the men did in your family. And so that being kind of what provoked you into a lot of the things that you did. Could you share a little bit about that, about kind of that coming of age in your mind and then how that had an influence as you grew up and even into your marriage and in your recovery and how, you know, you eventually kind of worked through that stuff. Yeah. You know, it, it was, uh, it was hard for me. I didn't know how to deal with it. I didn't know how to process that side of things. All I knew is what I saw growing up. So when I saw my uncles drinking or my dad drinking, you know, that I thought was normal. You know, my dad always worked hard. He was a provider. And, uh, you know, after we lost my grandpa and then we lost my dad, it was, it was tough on not only myself, but the whole family. So with that, you know, kind of seeing, seeing my mom break down and being at her low where she kind of wanted to give up, seeing my little sister, you know, kind of lost, I guess you would say to a certain degree and mm. wanting to be that next person that stepped up and was going to be able to provide for him, you know? So, um, you know, the addiction thing came in cause I thought that was just normal. You know, I would sneak beers out of the fridge. Um, and you know, I never, 
I never really dealt with those deep down issues. I was just numbing the pain yeah. with that for, you know, just putting a Band-Aid over a, a gunshot wound, I guess, yeah. you yeah. know. So, you know, as life went on, it was just that's what I thought was normal as far as life, you know. Well, you know, I got to work hard. I got to do this. And my problems and my mental health didn't really matter. It was put on a on a back burner. Mm. And, uh, you know, coming into the program and being able to work through those issues and kind of get into the details of where that addiction stemmed from. And, uh, you know, a lot of it came out as a resentment, you know, mm. toward my toward my dad, which, you know, I really didn't ever think I had a resentment. But once working through the steps and all that and pulling that information, you know, with my sponsor and it was it was just a healing process that once I recognized that resentment, I was able to heal from it. Yeah, that's so good. And I think pretty much what ends up happening is we think. If I have a resentment, of course, in this situation, I have tons of situations the same as like, I can't be resentful at him. I can't yeah. be resentful at this person. I can't re be resentful about this thing because it's such a tragic experience. A tragic thing happened, and it's like I can't feel resentful about it. And once we begin to understand, well, just because you know I'm unwilling to admit it doesn't mean that it, it doesn't exist, right? So we're just dancing around this this fact, you know, the truth, and all that is happening is that we're not allowing ourselves to be able to heal, right? Absolutely. Just by trying to say we don't have a resentment doesn't make, make it true, right? And so, you know, if you're out there and you're kind of listening about this, I think that this is a great example to that fact is like, you know, it's not a necessarily a bad thing to address the fact that I'm resentful, especially in such a difficult situation, um, that happens. That means that you're a human being, <laughs> right? Absolutely. Yeah. And so the, but what happens where the trouble comes in is if I'm not willing to do it, which, you know, you certainly experience. And then on the flip side, the healing from actually admitting it. Absolutely. I think it was, it was recognizing it too, because, you know, before I got in CR and actually started working on myself and the different flaws, I didn't even recognize that I had a resentment <laughs> held toward him, you know? Yeah. It was, there was always some kind of hurt that never I never expressed, but I couldn't identify it. Yeah. We don't have the tools to be able to identify most of our emotions. And I think that that's what ends up happening for a lot of us who maybe have childhood experiences that when we don't have adults or people who probably don't even know how to identify their own emotions because they were never taught that either. And so then we grow and we grow up and then we have our own issues and we have no idea how to identify these things. And we just either stuff it or we call it something else or, you know, whatever it may be. And yeah, when we come into the program, we start to realize, oh, well, once I can identify it, now I'm able to actually heal from it and begin to grow. And and I think that you are a testament to that. And I think that's amazing. I think one of the other things that that I think of almost to that nature is when you came into the program, you not only were doing Celebrate Recovery, but you were also seeking some outside help, right? You were taking a, another program. Would you share with us a little bit about what that was and, and what, a, what a big difference that made in your recovery? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I was... Um 
I ended up losing my job, and before I did, they offered to get me help, which I denied it. You know, I closed them off and said, "No, I can handle it on my by myself." You know, so <laughs> I ended up. I, by the way, dude, like when we talk about this, I think it's like such the cliche addict thing to do. There's like I have to keep on like to stick to the lie, no matter what, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Your boss comes in is like, "Hey, you know, we think something's wrong. We want to help you." And for the sake of trying to convince him or convince them, you quit your job. Exactly, exactly. It's ironic how it works out. It's the insanity it of, of the disease, right? It is, absolutely. So, you know, obviously I pulled away. I thought I was strong enough and I knew what I was doing at the time. And, uh, you know, so I tried to beat my addiction on myself and... Uh, it didn't work out too well. And, you know, <laughs> I was fortunate enough that my employer cared that much about me that they ended up paying for um, health insurance for me. They actually got me enrolled in a program or in an out intensive outpatient program to help me kind of learn more about my mind and my body and the chem chemical balances mm -hmm. and, you know, all that good stuff. So it was, it was a very good learning lesson for me as far as the I don't know, autonomy of the, your body, of mm. how your mind works, how, you know, the effects of what you're putting in it does to you and that kind of stuff. So, yeah. What an amazing thing, man. I mean, yeah, you just see God's hand in your life working through all those things. And I just remember when you were going through that process and just what a difference it makes. I mean, I went through an IOP as well and learning about those things, it makes all the difference because it's like, oh my gosh, man, I could feel things going on inside my body and inside my brain, but I didn't understand it. I didn't know it. I was helpless to these things. And just by being able to understand it now allows me to be able to kind of get in front of it a little bit better. And I can try at least to, you know, control or not control, but manage what's going on instead of just kind of flailing around helpless. I don't know what to do. And I don't understand what's happening to me. It makes a big difference. Um, one of the things that you had mentioned when you were going through there was kind of this idea of hope, right? And yeah. I just remember yeah. kind of like battling <laughs> through this idea of hope with you. And so I'd love if you just shared with our listeners a little bit about what that experience was as you were kind of, you know, being renewed in this kind of idea of hope that was so foreign to you at the time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's... Um Early, early in my recovery and getting started in my IOP, I had a counselor at the IOP ask me, do you believe in hope? Mm -hmm. And I told him, no, hope for me, hope doesn't exist. It's either you want to do something or you don't, <laughs> you yeah. know? And, uh, it's ironic now because I believe so much in hope, you yeah. know, and that came with the growth from me spiritually yeah. with my relationship with Jesus and my relationship, um, with others in the program and family and friends and, seeing the different things that what how hope has helped not only me but so many other people as well yeah i love that so much isn't that just wild how like god kind of points things out to us and it doesn't really make sense at the time and it's kind of generally something that we're kind of completely upside down in and then he uses that almost as a staple inside of our stories and I just love that about that that just in your story and and it's just amazing i just 
again, man, I could just go on for hours and hours. Yeah. I mean, we've had the pleasure of, of you know, knowing each other for quite a while now. When, share with our listeners, you know, what, what is your sobriety date? You know, my sobriety date is April 16th was the last time that I took a pill. I actually really go April 17th because that was like my first day without a pill, <laughs> waking up or taking one. So, yeah. um, you know, I go off of the April 17th. April 17th, 2017. 2017. So this yeah, year man. will be the big five. I love it, man. It's, yeah, it's been an amazing journey, man. We've had some awesome moments. And uh, I, I would love if you just shared really quick, too, before we talk a little bit about Step 10, um, because it made me tear up when I read it. It made me tear up when I heard it in Buckeye. It made me tear up when I heard it in Goodyear. And then we threw a video on just to really bring the waterworks out. But you shared one of your your favorite verses and part of why it's your favorite verse. And just, I lo- would love if you shared a little bit about that, but also kind of what a difference it made for you to be in Celebrate Recovery and taking IOP and doing other things, but also being in a church family. Would you share a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, so the first Sunday we went to church, uh, my son actually went to PVC Kids and why we attended the normal adult church. And uh, it was a blessing. And, you know, that Sunday when we came home, he uh, we were eating lunch and he actually started uh, saying a scripture. So my wife kind of stopped him. And uh, it was the, actually the verse was Second Timothy three sixteen. Mm-hmm. So, and that is, you know, all Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. Mm-hmm. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. So, you know, <laughs> that Scripture and having that church experience and the just. The church family and the healthy, that healthy relationship. And just after that first time going to church and seeing that being poured into my kid mm-hmm. was a life. I mean, that was one of probably a huge impact in my life change that I had, knowing that, you know, this was the place that I belong. I need this in my life. And it was, it just confirmed it. Yeah. Oh. Man, it just it chokes me up, man. Oh, dude, I love him so much. He's such an he's an awesome kid, man. And and it is. It's you know, guys like us, we're breaking generational curses with God's help, you know. And we've we've been through a lot of different things. And you know, I've got my my first child, and you're getting the opportunity now to be a completely different dad to your kids, and and it shows, man. I mean, it's it's incredible, you know. Your man of God who is leading with integrity, you know, and your whole life. I mean, even just at work, you know, part of your testimony is just sharing just your journey through work and and uh, at the same company where you know you had you went through really difficult times. God has completely redeemed that and made it so much bigger and better. And in your family too has redeemed them. I mean, you guys are an amazing family. I mean, my wife and I would be, you know so blessed if we turned out to be, you know, half as amazing as you guys. I mean, we were just telling you guys the other day, you know, we do not deserve to have you guys as friends at all. You guys are amazing friends and it's all attributed to God inside of your guys' life and you guys are seeking after him. It's beautiful. It is. It is. It has a lot to do with God, but it also has a lot to do with the relationships that we have together. You know, I think that's important because me and my wife and our family look at you and Olivia the same way. When my kids come running to church and go and <laughs> run and give you a big old hug and squeeze you. And, you know, there's no, there's not a better feeling to that. So yeah. it goes both ways. Amen. Mm. 
All right. So right now we are in step 10, and uh, that's we continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. And so I would love to just kind of get your thoughts a little bit on that, kind of what comes to mind, uh, maybe what were some things that you know were discussed with your sponsor, and just how you kind of work through that or do work through that, or just some things that kind of come to mind um, as it pertains to step 10. You know, that's uh, that's probably a step that I struggle with um, mm. and continue to struggle with. I've gotten a lot better, but, you know, growing up how and the thing growing up and the things that I've been through, I was, you know, it's hard to break stuff that you're accustomed to or have mm. done for so long. And, you know, I've been breaking down the walls and, and getting a lot better at it. But, um, you know, I want to hold all that in. I don't want to share if I hurt somebody, <laughs> you know, it's hard for me to go say, I'm sorry, or you know what? And a lot of times it's not, not even that I'm, I'm scared to do it. It's, I don't, don't even notice it sometimes, yeah. you know, yeah. that's, that's the hard thing. So, um, but with that, I, I've gotten so much better, even accepting it too. you know, for instance, if there's an issue with my wife, maybe we get off on the wrong foot in the morning. You know, sometimes I, I, I'm hard headed and I, you know, I want to blame <laughs> her, but it's really me. And so, you know, driving to work, I'll realize, you know what? I got to call her. I got to text her, you know, yeah. and it's just the little building stones like that, you know, and with with being able to admit it, it comes freedom too yeah. from it, I believe. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, anybody who works this program for real it would be lying if they said that they didn't struggle with step 10. <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes me feel a lot better. <laughs> with any of the three maintenance steps, I mean, those last three, I mean, it's a lifestyle, you know, and it it's it's a process of working at it, giving it our best, and uh, making mistakes. I mean, that's, you know, it. that's what step 10 says, when we were wrong, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? And that implies that we will continue to be wrong, you yeah. know? And, uh, I mean, obviously... We know that we're we're not we're not we're not confused about that at all. We know that you yeah, know absolutely. You know what gets me is when I realize it, and I may get caught up or I get busy for a second, and then my wife or or a friend or somebody calls me out on it. Yeah, and I'm like, dang, but I was go I was going to make amends <laughs> to you. I promise. And you know, it kind of that's that kind of gets me a little bit. But at the same time, you know, I'm content where I'm at, and I know that I was consciously consciously choosing to make amends, even, yeah. even if they had to call me out on it before. Yeah. And what a just completely different lifestyle than now that you do have friends that are calling you out instead of enabling and, you know, allowing those dysfunctions to go on. But it just, it's a tribute to the community, right? And like the necessity of that, of needing people around who are like, hey, yeah, no, we don't do that. You know, like that's not the kind of people that we are and we hold each other to a higher standard. That's not you know, it's, it's obtainable. It's not, you know, like we're trying to keep people up where you like, you gotta be perfect, you <laughs> yeah. know, but just making sure that we're all, you know, just doing the best that we can. And, you know, we know that we all are flawed, but that's why we need each other. And so I think that's a, it's a beautiful thing. Absolutely. You know, it's a, it keeps, it keeps me accountable yeah. for my actions. You know, it reminds me of, that, hey, I'm still working on my recovery. I'm still in the journey. And that, that's why I need to be in the journey, too. Yeah. And that's what makes it attractional. You know, people see that. And I think that's what how the, the program continues to grow is you see people who are willing, like, oh, my gosh, man, you know, you're willing to say that. You're willing to admit that. And you've got, come this far and you're still kind of working on yourself. 
I think I want to know a little bit more about that, you know? No, exactly. I know I've had conversations with people at work where, you know, maybe I came off a little harsh and then I go apologize to them and they're <laughs> like, well, you didn't have to do that. And I'm like, no, but I did. And when I explained to them why they're like, oh, okay. You know, and it opens up that conversation and, and builds that relationship even better. So, yeah, yeah. I love that so much, man. Well, we could talk all day, dude. I mean, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's such a joy, man. It's such a pleasure to know you, man. And to just be any part of your life at all, man. And I just can't wait to see what God's going to do next in your life. But before we go, um, what would you just share with the newcomer, that guy, that gal who's just, just dragging, man, just really having a hard time right now and just can't really see their way through. Uh, what would you share with them, man? You know, don't give up hope that word hope, hope. So, you know, I think that, and I think surrounding yourself with the right people and the healthy relationships and being involved, whether it's, you know, coming in to set up chairs, whether <laughs> it's um, just saying hello to people walking in the door, you know, be, get involved, get your mind working mm. in a healthy way. So and good. that's, that's probably one of the biggest things that I could say. Yeah, I would... I would second that for sure. I mean, it makes the world a difference. Just getting involved in one way, shape, or form. And we really try to make that accessible to everybody who comes in here. You know, uh, you don't have to be perfect to serve and celebrate recovery. And if you did have to be, then we wouldn't have any volunteers here at all, you know, because we are definitely not perfect. But yeah, I love that, man. And so, um, guys, we're so excited to, to just get a chance to, to talk and share a little bit with you. And we hope that this conversation was beneficial to you. And we hope that uh, if you enjoyed it, that you drop a like and leave a comment, share it with somebody else so that they can also just discover some of the tools that we've, uh, God's been given to us uh, so that they could also find the hope that's been given. Uh, Eric, dude, I love you so much, man. Olivia and I just love your whole family so much. God bless you. God bless your whole family, your work, everything that you do, man. Uh, God bless you. And we just we just completely adore you and can't wait to see what God's going to do in your, next, your life next, man. Thank you, brother. Thank you for listening to the CR Checkup Podcast. This podcast is meant to start conversations, not end them. So we encourage you to continue having conversations wherever you're at. And if you're enjoying this podcast, then please share it with someone else. You can also reach us by emailing recovery at palmvalley.org.